Hello and welcome to the Asiaville podcast. My name is Nidhi and I'm here with Amit today. It's been two weeks since the riots in Delhi broke out and two weeks later, I think it's time that we sat down and tried to understand what exactly happened. Amit, would you like to say hi to our listeners? Hello, listeners. So, Amit is our political head right now and he was on the ground reporting from the field on the day that the riots broke out. So, Amit, before we get into what you saw, could you give us a little idea on what exactly happened, what led to the riots? Hmm. How did such a huge scale of violence break out in the national capital? See, I'll uh, rather give a timeline of things, how it happened. You know, on 23rd of February, which was a Sunday, call of a national band strike was given by a Dalit activist Chanshekhar Azad. And he was uh, roaming around the country to ensure that uh, this uh, All India strike is a big success. And the issue was basically reservation for Dalits. Uh, so th- that was the issue. And this All India strike was supposed to happen on February 23rd. The strike did happen. But what happened in Delhi hours before the strike actually hit the entire country was at Jafarabad metro station. This Jafarabad metro station is in northeast Delhi. So women there on the intervening night of February 22nd and 23rd came out on streets and blocked the road at Jafarabad metro station which is actually the main road to access that locality and that road only leads you to Majpur Babarpur metro station now why is Majpur important is because on 23rd evening Bharatiya Janata Party leader Kapil Mishra came to Majpur Chowk which is a few meters away from Jafarabad road blockade site and he gave speech to a mob there. He threatened Delhi police to get the road blockade cleared. Otherwise, after the US President Donald Trump leaves India, the, uh, he and his supporters will make sure that the road blockade is removed. So basically, he said that they will take law in their own hands if the police fails to get the road blockade cleared. Okay, so yeah. just to clarify, this ultimatum was issued by... Kapil Mishra. Hmm, yes. Uh, what are his political affiliations? He is Bharatiya Janata Party leader and uh, he had in fact uh, contested from model town constituency of Delhi in this Delhi assembly election and had lost the votes. Okay. And another quick question. Uh, how does this area of Delhi, the northeast area of Delhi and the particular places that you mentioned, how does that tie in with the blockade at Shaheen Bagh that we've been seeing for two months now? Hmm. How, how, what are the politics of the anti-CAA protest at Shaheen Bagh and the protests here? Right. Uh, so basically, see, Shaheen Bagh is a different, uh, is altogether an independent protest and it has also become the symbol of anti-CA protest across the country, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and uh, what we have seen that 
across the country on in several cities and several states mm -hmm. similar uh, either road blockades or sit in protest is being observed by women protesters right. against the uh, citizenship amendment act mm -hmm. and the nrc and now the npr as well that is the national populations register right or national population register mm -hmm. right so, uh, so in in a similar fashion there are different sites protest sites in the northeast delhi where such protests are being observed by the women protesters okay. or the ntca uh, pro, uh, protest is being carried out it's it's happening in welcome it's happening in khajuri khas right. so there are different spots right. now these women uh, had gathered that night mm -hmm. uh, to block the road uh, on the occasion of Bharat Band mm -hmm. and it eventually took shape of yet another NTCA uh, uh, road blockade. Right. All right. So you've told us about how the road blockade happened, but could you also explain to me how did this evolve into an outright riot? How did this level of violence come about? And, uh, you know, there has been a lot of confusion uh, amongst the different segment of people, a section of people. And in fact, in this country, uh, sadly and unfortunately, we have come to a time where people end up choosing sides even in the worst of calamities and uh, this is the worst communal riot that Delhi has witnessed since 1984. In 1984 Delhi had stood witness to the carnage of the Sikhs right and after that there has has uh, has there there hasn't been a, even a single incident of communal riot in the national capital so that way this incident is a matter of big shame right. for people living in the national capital a big question and a question whether the central government the union home ministry failed right. and what was the delhi government doing all this while when the riots were snowballing and becoming you know taking shape of a full-blown communal riot so, so is yeah. there clarity on who fired the metaphorical the figurative first shot like where did it start from and i remember seeing these images that night of areas of entire colonies on fire hmm. but how did that happen Right. So, as I was mentioning about Jafrabad metro station and Mojpur Chowk, mm -hmm. so uh, that particular stretch only, uh, you had on one end at Jafrabad metro station, you had the NTCA protesters, and at Mojpur Chowk, the uh, so called pro CAA protesters or the mobs or supporters mm -hmm. uh, per se had gathered. Mm -hmm. And it, a clash between the NTCA mob and the pro CA mob started. Now no, uh, note the point that I'm now I'm referring to them as mob. I'm not say, referring them as That's protesters. Right. right, right. So now this mob started stone pelting. On 23rd evening, mm -hmm. the stone pelting happened, and there are videos to establish the fact that pro CA mob was stone pelting at the anti CA mob under a police protection. The police so the was present. When and, they were stone pelting. And the police were protecting the pro CAA mob. I would rather say that the police uh, did not make enough efforts 
to stop the pro ca mob from triggering violence or attack you know indulging in heavy stone pelting on the february 23rd evening okay so i understand that this was happening at jafrabad metro station right hmm. how did this move to the housing residential area how did this end up in houses being set on fire hmm. and what happened that night see uh, when this clash started mm-hmm. it gradually took shape of uh, riots mm-hmm. and then full blown uh, fully blown riots in the national capital and that kept on progressing mm-hmm. in a riot you can you can't really say that this particular incident mm-hmm. or this stone which was spelt it triggered the riot you know it's a, a snowballing it always has a snowballing impact or effect right, right. Uh, that is what happened in in delhi so mm-hmm. it it was happening in mojpur babarpur area right. then it spread then the arson started on the night of 23rd mm-hmm. and the big arson which happened which actually jolted the entire delhi uh, that began on 24th evening and kept on happening throughout the night of 24th this big arson that you are referring to this is the incident of the mosque being set on fire the masjid being set on fire no there were several instances you know mm. in so mojpur babarpur is one location right. from there you have reports coming in from gokulpuri from shivvihar from mustafabad uh, from uh, 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 bridgepuri different locations basically of how violent communally frenzied mob is moving on the streets with sticks with rods with bricks in their hands mm-hmm. with molotovs molotovs are basically petrol bombs right. popularly known as petrol bombs so uh, this mob had was well equipped right. and they were and one more thing if i look at the pattern there mm-hmm. are two patterns in this right one pattern is uh that how the mob identified the houses mm-hmm. attacked and then tossed them this is the one pattern okay so if you are in a hindu locality and if the mob is uh, the uh, are from the muslim community so they identified the hindu households and attacked only the hindu properties or the hindu establishments and vice and versa vice versa so if you like this khajuri khas extension there's a place uh, near chandbag mm-hmm. area where we were among the first media houses to go on the ground and show the visuals of what had happened there right. so there you could see that a house owned by a hindu person mm-hmm. remains untouched there's not even a single dent on the house wow. and the house right next to it if it is owned by a muslim person the house has been completely ransacked looted and set on fire so it also means that the mob the communal mob the writers had a lot of time right. they were not uh, they were not in a hurry mm-hmm. you know and which also means that the deployment of the police in these areas or the paramilitary force was not enough right. or they knew that the police is not coming soon to stop them right you were on the ground on the 25th when the riots were in fact still ongoing hmm. i remember you sending us videos from the ground 
and how shocked we all were you know in our insulated office spaces seeing that right in our backyard the scale of violence that was taking place we i distinctly remember a video that amit shared that hmm. showed a charred body lying in the wreckage of a house and this was on the 25th right uh see uh, on 25th we were uh, at majpur uh, jafrabad and uh, this kardampuri areas mm-hmm. uh, that is where the stone pelting heavy auto uh, attacks firings gunshots mm-hmm. uh, were being fired all this was happening in, and uh, the present uh, the police was very much present there okay so uh, and the other parts of delhi w- was also under attack mm. northeast delhi was also under attack so i'll just share a few things which i think has not been out in the report so far mm-hmm. uh you know so what happened we got down uh, several of the metro stations were shut down so we got we went to the metro we got down at a uh, certain metro station which was still accessible mm-hmm. uh, because jafrabad majpur all these metro stations were shut down right. uh, because of the security reasons mm-hmm. so we got down at gokulpuri metro station and we walked from there mm-hmm. and the streets were vacant There was no one on the streets, mm-hmm. and whoever was there was actually telling us not to go to those localities where the riots were still happening. So we walked on feet. Mm-hmm. So when we reached this particular point, mm-hmm. all we could, we started seeing charred vehicles oh. kept on one side of the street, and from there you move to a particular uh, try point, mm-hmm. and then you see heavy security deployment, Delhi Police barricade, and with the barricade, there's there are two motorcycles giving company to the police barricade. Okay. When you take a left, mm-hmm. then the picture of Delhi riots open in front of your eyes on the street of Majpur, Majpur Chowk. The pro C A uh, mob had taken it under their siege. You had pub- a public announcement systems and uh, you know playing one after other high voltage songs or the patriotic songs and then followed by Jai Shri Ram, Bharat Mata ki Jai. The young chaps having rods in their hands, uh, steel uh, sticks on the in their hands, glass uh, glass bottle in their hands, stones in their hands, and. Uh, they had in a way surrounded that locality from two sides mm-hmm. the other side had the police barricading mm-hmm. and the fourth side which was left was actually the path which led to jafrabad right metro station and on the other side of babarpur metro station is uh, kardampuri mm-hmm. from where we were constantly listening shouts mm-hmm. gunshots uh then people walking in with the uh, profusely bleeding from their heads you know these were possibly the injured foot soldiers who were there to i don't know whether they they were there to protect a law passed by the parliament or uh, were they there protest you know the uh, that hindutva frenzy element because mm-hmm. it also had flags saffron flags on the streets Wow. and the police clearly knew the fact that they have been outnumbered by the protesters so the tone of the police mm-hmm. was pleading it was not authoritative the joint commissioner of delhi police alok kumar was present there he was not and and i am amazed i was surprised and rather shocked to see that the people there on the streets the mob uh, pro ca mob 
was actually dictating terms to the joint commissioner of delhi police like in for instance you know we we i stood witness to this conversation where uh, the joint commissioner was telling the protesters that we will get 11 people 10 or 11 people from each sides and we'll sit together to sort out the situation because our priority is to contain the violence and restore peace and harmony in the area in the district right the ref- the response from one person probably in his 50s with a helmet on mm-hmm. on his head mm-hmm. he said ki aap pehle jafarabad metro station khali kara lo hamare ladke ghar chale jayenge <laughs> that so they were dictating the terms interesting so what they were waiting for was to make sure that any protesters any anti ca protesters were completely all the mobilization was destroyed they wanted the route blocked to be cleared mm-hmm. and uh, it's quite strange when uh, entire district has been set on fire uh, a random fringe uncle is dictating terms <laughs> to the joint commissioner of delhi police and what happened next was uh, you know it has it, it it happens very rarely in a career of a journalist reporter mm-hmm. when you are on ground specially covering riot like situation that in presence of a police the pro ca mob i i i mean i feel bad to break it down in this manner they walked down to us and said us told us this guy this he told me he held me and he told me ki abhi bahut hua yahan se nikaliye bahut coverage kar liya aap logo ne chaliye hatiye yahan se and similar behavior a man handling was done with other reporters who were present there a particular reporters tv reporters phone was snatched and the entire memory from the phone was deleted why because these protesters were also very much uh, you know concerned about the fact that their videos Mm-hmm. and their pictures should not go out and there's another trend uh, nidhi that you would see is all these protesters uh, i mean rioters the arsonists whether from one side or the other side wherever the arson was carried out the delhi government has installed lakhs of cameras across delhi yeah. they have destroyed these cctv cameras before carrying out the arson Yeah. Amit, th- there's a question that has to be asked. You see a, a purposeful destruction of CCTV cameras. Mm. You see the fact that they were prepared with Molotov cocktails, that they mm. had, you know, tools of arson and violence. Mm. Was this a planned attack? See what happens. You know, twenty-third uh, the riots started. It was a spat, I would rather say. The mm. clashes were happening on twenty-third, twenty-fourth. It took. shape of a communal riot on 25th it was a uh, mass level arson being carried out from both sides right so the mob it's it's a psychological game hmm. any riot hmm. any arsonist mob always also looks towards the police right the administration what was the police doing so the police there was a clear cut case of police inaction Hmm. If a writer can dictate terms in front of you, in front of the media, right. that how the police should act, mm-hmm. and they should rather go to the Muslim side and convince them mm-hmm. instead of telling the Hindus to step back. Right. So that means the writers knew 
that mm. police force is inadequate to handle the situation mm -hmm. and they in a way lack the will to contain the violence and that is why this kept on happening mm. so the riots happened for three days mm. in certain areas almost four days mm -hmm. so in that time it's it's long enough time for any mob to get prepared and the mob at Majpur was prepared at Majpur because you had everything man you had flags yeah. you had uh, carpets on the roads you had public <laughs> announcement systems you had particular leaders making provocative speeches you know and then i can't believe that in the initial round of stone pelting that amount of stones and bricks are lying on the streets of delhi someone had brought it and this sinister plan needs to be brought, uh, to, light. Uh, brought to light and that has to be done by delhi police i'm not very sure whether they'll be able to do it or not all right that's what we saw on the ground on the 25th hmm. now you were also present at the same locations on the 26th once the once the violence had calmed down a bit you saw a tweet from pm modi calling for peace to a hmm. certain extent and then people did settle down hmm, hmm, hmm. uh what did you see on the 26th see the, that's quite interesting uh, as we say these days ki aap chronology samajhiye <laughs> right uh, yes. that uh, potus was in india mm -hmm. and the union home minister was in ahmedabad mm -hmm. prime minister was in ahmedabad mm -hmm. all the big wigs of the establishment in the central government were in, in ahmedabad. ahmedabad that day now why i am continuously referring to union home minister amit shah is because delhi police does not reports to delhi government mm -hmm. they do not report to arvind kejriwal mm. they do not report to the aam aadmi party government they report and they take their instructions directly from the union home ministry right that means amit shah mm -hmm. so the union home minister was busy in ahmedabad in you know the felicities uh the the welcome ceremony of uh, potus mm -hmm. i am quite i mean i i feel to understand mm -hmm. any home minister like in for if if i'm allowed to give an anecdote mm -hmm. during the mumbai attack 2611 mumbai attack yeah the home minister of india was called out for because in different press conferences he had come in different attire so he was called out uh, for having in, time to uh, change having time to change clothes when the country was under a terror attack right then the resignations were asked for mm -hmm. you know in uttar pradesh when muzaffarnagar communal riots had happened mm -hmm. in 2013 akhilesh yadav government the samajwadi party government was called out for its failure to contain the violence right the police mechanism which had failed to contain the violence in muzaffarnagar mm -hmm. so if one akhilesh yadav is called out mm -hmm. if samajwadi party is held responsible mm -hmm. if congress's union home minister's resignation is demanded in the wake of the 2611 uh riots right why the questions are not being asked from union home minister amit shah i fail to understand that you know and why i'm saying that is because if delhi was burning the first priority of the union home minister or at least of his associate 
the MOS, Minister of State, should have been to uh, set up a war room, mm -hmm. a control room from where the violence can be tracked and contained and the police force and the paramilitary force should have been deployed across Delhi. Now what happens after deployment of paramilitary force is that, you know, in fact before that, mm -hmm. uh, uh, we had reported several instances and Indian Express had also reported how under the nose of police in Kardampuri, the rioters were stone pelting. Right. So, the police was very much allowing the riots to happen at certain places by a specific kind of mob. Okay. There are pictures of police beating up uh, the, the people of Muslim identity, forcing them to sing national anthem. And unfortunately, one of those uh, person who, there, there's a viral video, which a video which had gone viral, the person was four, uh, four three or four people were lying on the ground and the policemen in their uniform could be seen forcing them to sing a national anthem. One of that uh, uh, Muslim boy has died. So all this has happened. Where was Union Minister Amit Shah? That is a big question. Now coming to the tweet part, the chronology mm. part. Mm. What happens is when uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi made out that tweet asking for peace and harmony, mm -hmm. we were on the ground on 26th, again on our feet, traveling from one colony of Northeast District to other. Mm -hmm. So when we reached uh, this locality called Bhagirathi Vihar in Gokalpuri, mm -hmm. this we could see that only Muslim households, only Muslim uh, shops mm -hmm. have been ransacked and gutted. And then suddenly the paramilitary force marched in with a flag march. And uh, the police, uh, the para guys told me, uh, a personnel told me that Aap aise mat ghumo, saath raho, safety nahi hai bhi. And the TV journalists there were also given the right uh, gear, anti-right mm. gear, basically mm. the helmet, the jacket, mm -hmm. bulletproof jacket and all that. Because why a day before, on 25th, one of the TV journalists was, uh, had, had sustained gunshot injury. Mm -hmm. So that had happened. So on 26, what we saw, mm -hmm. we saw police, mm -hmm. we saw paramilitary force, uh, you know, taking one locality uh, to other under their control, and then peace was restored immediately. The so, moment, Amit, I'm sorry to interrupt, but hmm. did the force, the paramilitary force, sail forward on the strength of? Prime Minister Modi's tweet is that what gave them the sanction, so to speak, mm. to finally try to impose peace in the area where it was, you know, previously left to completely disintegrate. Mm -hmm. So what happens, you know, in a in a riot-like situation? Mm -hmm. uh, it's again for the benefit, I mean, understanding of the listeners. I'm sure other many of the listeners might be very. Uh, experienced or uh, they have been in a situation mm -hmm. like this so they might know for the others so what happens in a uh, when paramilitary forces deployed they uh, conduct flag march mm -hmm. and the flag march mm -hmm. is basi basically show of strength, strength by yeah. the police forces by the uh, security personnel mm -hmm. so they are all geared up with mm -hmm. the weapons with anti-riot gears and then they tell the localites mm -hmm. residents that uh, stay at home do not indulge in any violence if you do we will not we are not going to let it go we will take care of it with you know with a very strong hand iron hand right. and that message is in most of the cases always successful mm -hmm. that we saw on 26th 
like when we were in uh, this Bhagirathi Vihar, we were constantly listening blasts, heavy blasts, right. and then the smoke would cover the sky. Right. And Delhi, because the pollution situation in Delhi is not very good mm-hmm. all through the year, so when the smoke goes up, it the sky becomes black. Yeah. Those serpentine uh, mm. flame, uh, the fumes coming in the air. So that happened. So from Bhagirathi Vihar, we went to Shiv Vihar. The Shiv Vihar had a look of a war zone. Everything was turned upside down. Mm. The shops were gutted. Uh, the houses were set on fire. And uh, unfortunately, I ended up landing in a shop on the second floor where there was a body. Uh, it's a trigger warning for the people listening. Uh, if you don't want to listen further, you can skip it by 30 seconds maybe. When I entered that particular building, what I saw was a body lying there whose hands were chopped, both hands were chopped and the legs were chopped. And then this person was set on fire. So it was skeleton in a gutted shop. From so, there. So from, hmm. you're saying that it seems like he might have been tortured before he was killed. Yes, definitely. And from there we moved to Kajuri Khas Chanbak location. So this was the area where on 25th heavy arson was being carried out. And it is also the area of from where the TV channel, you know, is telling you the stories of Delhi riots now. Right. But the TV channels are not telling the story from the Khajuri Khas extension. They are telling you the stories from Chandba. Right. Uh, so this selective uh, approach is again mm. problematic for someone like me. Mm-hmm. So in Khajuri Khas extension, what happened was uh, the houses were set on fire. These were the Muslim households. The Fatima Masjid, which we reported. Yes. Uh, the listeners can read the story of oh, yeah. how uh, violence unfolded and how Fatima Masjid was set on fire. Mm-hmm. So, again, the protesters had uh, helmets on. They were using the panels of a cooler, water cooler, to protect themselves from the retaliatory stone pelting. And then they had brought, uh, they had first stone pelted the mosque and then brought bikes from outside and uh, small cylinders. And then they had put those cylinders on the bike and then set it on fire. So the idea was to create a blast so that Fatima Masjid can come crashing down. A few meters from here mm. is Shanbagh locality. That became the flashpoint between the Hindu writers and the Muslim writers. Right. Heavy stone pelting, acid attacks, mm-hmm. uh, Molotov patrol bombs were used, uh, guns were used mm-hmm. and all that had happened. And at this spot, mm-hmm. you know, there's a building owned by Tahir Hussain, who's a councillor and now suspended member from the Amadmi party. Right. The the writers had uh, taken over that building and they were using it as a point to attack uh, the the Hindu mob. Surrounding area. So that was happening there. And here, there's a drain, right? A few meters from the Tahir Hussain's building, Mm -hmm. from where Ankit Sharma, the official associated with the intelligence bureau, his dead body was found. And in the post-mortem report, uh, the Prime of SI, it's being claimed as being reported that there were, his father in fact had told us as well that uh, his body had sustained several cuts from a sword, mm-hmm. uh, from knives, mm-hmm. and then acid was poured on his face. Again, I should have given the trigger warning in the beginning. But this was the kind of violence which was perpetrated. And these are just names, you know. Yeah. And there are more than 50 such stories of murder, of uh, how the life was taken away, 
how the arsonist mob the communal mob killed uh, people there is a village called uh, gadi mendu mm-hmm. in uh, karawal nagar area mm-hmm. i feel you know this these these are really heartbreaking stories for someone who has spent 10 years in delhi for me especially mm-hmm. uh, in, in bridgepuri the hindu households were attacked right in front of that that area locality there were graffitis of ambedkar and gandhi <laughs> that's yes. the irony of delhi riots in um, uh, gadi mendu uh, these muslim families were attacked mm-hmm. by their own neighbors the lady told me that maine apne aankhon ke samne in bachcho ko bada hote hue dekha i have seen them grown up in front of my own eyes and they were the ones who set my house on fire that is heartbreaking and that's that's i think the worst part of the stories that we've come to hear the fact that it pit <laughs> in fact brother against brother and something that i'd like to point out is throughout this conversation you've consistently called this a riot not to take away the blame of uh, an inactive government hmm. but you've also told me in conversations we've had before this that this was not a program the way hmm. people are are calling it this is definitely an instance of a riot could you tell our listeners the difference like you you you've made sure that that distinction is made very clear throughout your pieces hmm. Hmm. so uh, see again as i said in the beginning that it's really sad that even in such tragic times we end up choosing sides uh, there's a whole bunch of people who are out there to defend the pro ca mob or the writers who belong from the hindu community and who are uh, saying that ankit sharma's hmm. uh, murder shows the truth of delhi rights obviously that's a big loss for the family and that's a big loss for delhi as well ankit the way ankit was murdered mm-hmm. but it was not you know what happened was you might you might can claim that uh, provocations happened areas were specifically chosen from where retaliation uh, was expected right but who is shahrukh the guy who pointed gun at pinned the 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 revolver on the chest of uh, delhi police official right right who killed ankit sharma right who set the hindu homes in rajpuri on fire So who, you're saying that huh. there was violence on both sides. Yes. And who used the Rajdhani school mm-hmm. in Shiv Vihar locality as a point to attack a parking lot owned by a Hindu, another parking lot owned by a Hindu, all business outlets owned by Hindus, homes owned by Hindus, mm-hmm. you know. And who attacked the Fatima Masjid? Right. who attacked the houses of uh, hundreds of muslims in in, in delhi yeah. who uh, ensured that the muslim families of gadi mendu have to flee from their own houses and have to spend uh, weeks mm-hmm. uh, in a in a community center in northeast delhi so it, it it is a riot it is a riot from both sides there were frenzied communal mob who carried out arson mm-hmm. and attack so i mean something i'd have to ask in that case if both sides were equally complicit hmm. are both sides equally affected i can't use this word equally you know mm-hmm. what is it's i think it's it's the game of the vulture to count the dead bodies absolutely not of Agreed. the humans yeah and uh, we have seen a lot of vultures around us all through uh, yeah. the 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 right when the rights were happening they were instigating the rights on social media 
and then they were also counting the dead bodies that's that i mean the identity of the dead bodies yeah i think for the listeners benefit uh, they can just google search many of the news organizations have put out the list and names of all the all those who have been killed in these riots yeah and maybe as you said that maybe the we'll religion, also put out yeah the religion or, of the hmm. fatalities have been underscored hmm. to show so i would rather say that humanity has been killed it's not right. the identity of the people who have been killed that, i mean that's not the mo- what is the more important part is that huma- humanity in delhi was killed amit you've spoken to people who are now displaced from their homes you've spoken to people who are now living in the very you know belatedly set up shelters by the delhi government and these are people who are who genuinely have no other option but to stay in these shelters hmm, hmm. Uh, what's the ground scenario there and how are they affected how are they going to see the long term impact of this hmm. for our listeners uh, one interview that amit did was with a few students of class 11 hmm. who have lost all of their do- documents in the fires that that lit their homes so the question now that i'd like to ask is how are these people some of them muslims how are they going to be affected by losing their documents losing their homes and having no safe refuge in delhi i think the biggest question should be uh how are they going to survive after losing hopes because i've seen hopes getting shattered mm-hmm. trust in delhi we always used to say that you know yahan dange nahi honge rights won't happen here because there's a sense of trust and everyone is too busy <laughs> in delhi yes that i cannot claim any further because uh, when we were on our way to karawal nagar uh, there's a Uh, a relief camp that has been set up by delhi government in karawal nagar's uh, shriram colony so we were asking for route to that relief camp and a sikh man in his 40s told us acha pakistan jana hai oh, so no. this hate this the way the bridge of trust has been burned down yeah this will take years to rebuild right absolutely and the as far as the life of people inside these relief camps are concerned as you were asking about the victims life have no we have met people who have been living at homes of strangers complete strangers or people who have opened their houses mm-hmm. for the right affected uh, families so uh, they are dependent for food for clothes for medicines for everything in which is essentials of life on others so the ngos are providing it uh, the locals are providing it mm-hmm. so and it's you know th- these are not homeless people yeah there are people who until yesterday owned maybe two bhk house in delhi and that's a big achievement i would say i i can frankly accept that you know owning a house in delhi is a big thing or for that matter owning a house in in the entire country is it's, it's a big it's a deal big deal yeah so their houses have been burned down their properties has been ransacked all that has happened right mm. so the final thing is now the governments whether the governments are sensitive enough or not one uh, uh, relief camp which is being held as you know the government has done fantastic job is the Eid, mustafabad eidgar relief camp okay now two problems that i have from delhi government is that a it acted late mm-hmm. uh, as far as the relief is concerned second when it has uh, started uh, putting out relief it's more of uh, i mean the pr activity is being done very minutely and the relief work uh, 
there you can see the loopholes in the relief work how can you convert a night shelter into a, a riot relief camp these people have some dignity and self respect they are owners of properties who have been forced to move out of their houses so you can't expect them to move to a night shelter which is basically supposed to house the homeless in delhi homeless in delhi second thing the eidga mustafabad eidga uh, camp yesterday we are recording this on 6th of march on friday mm-hmm. yesterday it rained heavily in delhi in the northeast district as well and these were p- temporary t- tents which were put up by the delhi government in, and uh, the delhi wakf board is taking care of the arrangements there so i was when i was on ground i was pretty much worried about what will happen to these people if it rains or if it gets too sunny in delhi right. because you can't spot beds you can't spot uh, fans and you can clearly say that if it rains it's going to be Flooded. a big yeah. uh, problematic or rather a hell for them mm-hmm. and that happened throughout the night they had to maybe wait or pray uh, that so the rain, that stops. rain stops yeah so that's a big question that delhi government needs to answer whether you know its its priority is the pr activity or serving the people wow I don't even know where we're going to go from here but I guess we're going to keep waiting we're going to see how things evolve fingers crossed right yeah all right thank you Amit for joining us thank you Nidhi and I hope the listeners might also have some feedback about the conversation so you can always write to us yeah you can get to Amit at would you like to share your email uh, Amit at uh, ishavelnews.com or you can also tweet on my twitter handle uh, send a tweet on my twitter handle and uh, if you have not read these stories on daily riots uh, you can follow our instagram twitter youtube to uh, check out the videos and these stories are obviously on the ishavelnews.com and if you'd like me to get in touch with anyone to talk to them about something that's close to your heart please write to me as well you can find me on email at nidhi@ishavelnews.com or on twitter at nidhi tambe thank you for joining in